Welcome, Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Grow their business. Grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best-selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Kim Derek Rosdiba. Kim is an author, blogger, and branding expert and has guided some of the Fortune 500's oldest and most iconic brands over the course of three decades. He recently published his first book, Branding Queens, which is about 20 incredible women who built global brand dynasties. Kim, welcome to the Author Factor Podcast. Mike, uh, thank you very much for having me on your show, and I look forward to this conversation. Again, as I was saying before we hit record, like congratulations. I know the book's just about a year old. And I was also, you were kind enough to send me a digital copy and I had gone, you know, paged through it and was reading some of it. And, you know, some of the names just sort of jogged even me growing up. And, you know, it just, it was, it was neat to see what you do with this book. So we'll talk about that in a second here, Kim. But before we do, I'd love to hear more about your business, who you serve and how you serve them. I've always been in in the corporate world. I I worked in agencies, advertising agencies, as well as uh, right now I work for a Fortune 500 company. But I've always been fascinated by brands and branding in particular and how do you make a brand. Uh, So I have a blog uh, and I've been writing it now for a little over 10 years. Uh, And this is my way of, of helping others, entrepreneurs, other people that are, you know, interested in branding. Uh, and so that's kind of what I do. Very good. Now, about a year ago, you published Branding Queens. Can you tell me more, Kim, about, you know, why you decide? I mean, you've kind of already alluded to it, but it's, it's a very interesting book because it's just on women entrepreneurs and, and brand build, uh, folks, that, you know, brand builders, I suppose. But why did you write that? And what will your readers get by reading it? Okay. So I, the, the first brand that, that, that I discovered, uh, which was Vive Clicquot, which is um, Barb Nicole Clicquot, I didn't know that Vive Clicquot, the champagne, was actually built by a woman. I also didn't know what vuv meant in English. And when you translate it, it says widow. And I go, why would you put widow on a bottle of champagne? So that was my quest. I started there. And to find out the answer, you'll have to read the book. But <laughs> no, we don't have time to, to get into that. But uh, I started asking the question, are there other women out there that have built brands, iconic brands that I'm not aware of. So I started looking and I got to sort of, you know, 10 and then I got a little over 10 and I thought, well, I need to keep looking. And I, I came up with 20 women um, from going back to 1810 um, to more recent. Uh, they had to be at least more than one generation uh, of, of an audience or a target audience um, to, to be in the book. Uh, there's a criteria that I've also included, but, but why, why did I write this is 
I kind of went in there with a hypothesis to say, you know, is being a woman, is that an advantage or disadvantage to build a brand? Now, building an ont- being an entrepreneur is a disadvantage. Um, everything is geared for, for men. Uh, I'm a man. I know this, uh, women, you know, they didn't get a credit card. Weren't able to get a credit card until 48 years ago. So, so the challenge for any woman to build a business has been huge beyond just build anybody building a business. So, so one was to celebrate how these achievements, and again, you know, building an iconic brand, a global brand is incredible. Do it, you know, with the odds that they have against them is like one in a million or even maybe probably uh, higher than that. So, so my, my goal was to see how did they do it and, and what resources did they do use um, to, to try and build those brands from ground zero in a lot of cases. And again, as I was paging through it, you know, these are iconic brands. Uh, these women that you featured in your book. So, Kim, I'd like you to do a little bit more of a tease, uh, a short tease, and, and share, if you don't mind, three women that you featured in your book that would just, you know, inspire someone to want to read that. Some, you know, three interesting facts. I mean, the fact, I thought the first thing that was cool is that your first female entrepreneur was from the early 1800s. So, can you just share? Three examples from your book that might inspire someone to want to read. Sure. That. So, so I'll go back to to Barbara Nicole uh, Clico because she is incredible. I mean, go back 1800s. Napoleon Bonaparte was warring with everybody. He was out there, you know, in wars with with Russia. There was there was blockades all over the place, uh, and this woman who was allowed to actually operate a business because her husband and her were actually building um, the wine, uh, the champagne company. He was a textile by trade. So his background was in textile, but the two of them were passionate about um, uh, champagne and particularly the Pinot Noir grape. And, and they started their own uh, winery. They had, the family had some, some vineyards um, that, that they started with. And then he suddenly died of yellow fever. And what, back then, she didn't need to work. Um, She was quite well off. The family was quite well off. But she convinced her father-in-law, because she was a widow, she had rights to the business. As long as her father-in-law would be able to guide her. And he said to her, okay, I'll let you run the business but I will get to a partner. And guess what? The partner was a male, a man, and he taught her all the ins and outs of running a business and running a vineyard and champagne. And the business was dismal. Two years later, he quits, says, I'm out of here. And again, it was dismal because of weather conditions, war, all of the things that, that, you know, that they had to contend with. And she convinced her father-in-law once more to let her try alone. And he did. And again, she didn't have to. She had a child. She had a young daughter. I mean, she could have kept herself busy doing other things. But she wanted to do this. And she had a vision. And her first first vintage was 1810. And and I'm not going to just, you know, ruin the rest of the story. 
but she actually invented riddling. Riddling is a system to clean champagne. So champagne is unique. You put, you have to put in um, uh, yeast again and the fermentation to get the bubbles. And, and what was happening back then, you'd have all of the sediment in the bottom and the, the, the wine would look cloudy, um, particularly when you open up because all the sediment would come. And she developed the system, which is when you put the bottle upside down, all the sediment goes into the neck. You can pop it out, it shoots out, and then you recork. You fill it up and recork. Now, when they did it before that, you had to pour the bottle from one to another. That's a long, slow process. This was simple. It's still used today. Um, so, uh, incredible woman. So that's one. Uh, I'm going to go to the youngest one. So that was the oldest, Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely um, is Spanx. Uh, she, her father was a lawyer. She tried two times to, to get her um, um, to, to pass the, to the, the entrance um, to, to become a lawyer, and she failed. She became a, uh, a Xerox machine salesperson. And, and probably a lot of your, your, your listeners probably don't know what a Xerox machine is. Um, but, I mean, it had a short life in the, in, 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 uh, in the marketplace. And she became one of the best salespeople. She got so good that she actually was training. But she discovered one day that she had on um, these, these um, white slacks and she could see panty lines. And so she thought, okay, you know, this doesn't look really good. So she put on pantyhose. She cut the, the legs off the pantyhose, the, the feet, because she had open toes shoes and discovered that you can't see panty lines. She started thinking, is there a market for undergarments like this? So she did her research and discovered that nobody, there was girdles, there was other things out there, but nothing like this. So then she had to do her, her prototype. So she discovered that all of the, the companies that make pantyhose and you know undergarments like this were all in North Carolina. So she went, she took a, a week off of work and she went to everyone, she called them all and nobody wanted to talk to her. So she want, went into all of them and nobody wanted to deal with her. What she was looking for was for someone to help her make a prototype. So she ended up defeated, absolutely defeated. She went home and go, I'm the best salesperson ever and I couldn't succeed. And then she gets a week later, she gets a call from one fellow and he says, I've changed my mind. I'm willing to help you. And she goes, why did you change your mind? He said, well, I was talking to my daughters and they said, dad, this is a great idea. So that's why he called. Uh, she also had a little help from Oprah Winfrey, who also mentioned her product on her show. And, she, you know, the Oprah effect um, kicked in as well. But she recently just um, stepped down of, of that organization. It's a multi-billion dollar business uh, as well. The other one I'm, I'm going to mention, and, and, and if, if I still have time, uh, is, is um, Ruth Handler. 
Uh, and you probably don't, a lot of people wouldn't know who Ruth Handler is, but if I told you Mattel Toys, you'd recognize the name. Well, she started it with her husband and another fellow. She was the salesperson. Her husband was the inventor. However, she had a vision uh, for this organization. They just didn't make toys. They made toys that kids could learn from and interact. So no surprise, these, these products that they made are still existence today. I was a kid and, and um, Hot Wheels was mine. Uh, I remember getting my first Hot Wheels uh, and it's still out there today. Barbie is still one of the, 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 the most sold dolls in the world. And she was actually the one that actually came up with that concept. She found a, 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 a doll over in Europe when they were traveling in Europe with her two kids. Uh, and her two kids, um, Barbie and Ken, um, that's where the names came from. Uh, but that's not the really interesting part of this story. The real interesting part of the story is she got into trouble with the finance. There was a president, she was the CEO, and, and um, they hadn't reported, um, they had incorrectly reported their, their revenue streams from a number of different sources. And so she was let go and the president was let go. They were never uh, indicted um, or charged, um, but she left the company, her husband left the company, and most people that would have been it, right? They would have just retired. She was of the age that she probably could have retired, but she also had um, breast cancer. And, and the prosthesis that, that was in the marketplace she said it was like having two left shoes. Um, they weren't highly developed. So she took her business background and she built a business in building prosthesis for women with breast cancer. And that business was actually sold after her death. She did die of, 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 of cancer, unfortunately. But it just shows you the type of people these are. They had vision. And, and, you know, they, 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 they march to their own tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And just hearing you share these stories very briefly, you know, you see a, the power of the story, the power of, you know, analyzing someone else's life and how you can, what you can take from it and learn from it. So Kim, I have to ask, so now did you self-publish or did you work with a publisher? I self-published. Okay. Congratulations on that. Was it pure research, Kim, with the 20 women that you, I mean, obviously some are no longer with us, but did, were you able to interview any of them or was it purely research on your part when you were going through this? It, it was pure research. <clears throat> and, and part of it was I wanted to keep it on a level uh, playing field, the sense of I did not want to disadvantage the, the ones that are that are much older in the sense of, of what's available in the archives. What was really interesting is there's not a lot written about women entrepreneurs. Um, probably more so today. If you look at some of them, Coco Chanel, you know, Coco's had, you know, a play, she's had movies, she's had books, but it's less about her business acumen and more about her personal life. So, so what I tried to do was, was uh, again, from a research perspective, I, I'm not a journalist um, by trade. Uh, I was looking at 
you know, how did they build the brand? That was my goal. Their stories are just as important because that's, I think, you know, it, it's a really important element to the brand um, that they build. Um, but I had to find the evidence of what they actually physically did in support of the brand. So how long did the book take you to write from idea to publishing it? Three years. Wow. Yeah. A lot of work. I mean, all your citations in the back of the book, you know, are, are proof of how uh, detailed you got with this. So very good. So is this the first and are you one and done? Do you have ideas? Has this inspired other ideas for your uh, growing library? So I, I, I'm halfway through my second book. Uh, and and it's it's the real um, branding book in, in discipline. Uh, and it's called, uh, it's going to be called The Five C's of Branding, which is, which I built for the branding queens as a summation of what they were actually um, doing. And I needed to put it in some sort of, of, of principle so that it was easy for people to follow. And I've, I've found that the five C's are really easy for anybody to follow if you're building a brand. So, so it became, to me, a really um, cornerstone uh, of, of this development that I did with Branding Queens. But, but it, it needs its own book. Um, and, and I had a whole bunch of it in my, my original draft and my beta reader said, ah, oh, take all this stuff out. We like the stories yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did, I, I told, I took it out. Uh, and, and an actual fact, my blog, um, is a lot of the stuff mm -hmm. that will be in my second book, because I do touch on sort of the, the five C's unconsciously, um, you know, when I talk about, you know, building a brand. And what's the target date for the publication of that book? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is it this year or is it, is, is it next year or beyond? I, I hope it, it would be this year. Oh, okay. uh, I, I'm hoping, but I have a full-time day job. Uh, so, so you know what? Things get in the way. Uh, I do have to find extra time, you know, holidays and those sorts of things. Uh, to, so this to, is really to make... a, this is really a more of a hobby for you at this point, then. Yeah, yeah, wow. it is. Wow. So let's talk um, about that for a moment, because most folks that I'm interviewing are business owners, entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, and they're using their books as a way to differentiate themselves to to attract ideal clients, customers, et cetera. Obviously, your second book could do that for you as a consultant, if that's something you ever wanted to do. But I'd love to hear, Kim, what publishing branding queens has done for you. Now, again, I'll, I'll use air quotes as a hobbyist, but still, you're a branding expert. You've been in this for a long time in, in business uh, and marketing and advertising and all that good stuff. What has it meant for you to go out and create this book? So... I always heard, you know, books today are the, the new business card. Uh, and on I stopped printing business cards a long time ago. Uh, and it's not. I, 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 it's much bigger. Uh, so, you know, that was my, I walked in and thought, oh, you know, this is going to be like, you know, just another, another piece to, to, to who I am. It actually is much bigger. And, and, and it's allowed me to do this um, and, and, and present uh, my thinking 
the celebration of these women and, you know, my learning of, of what they did and being able to put it into terms of what branding is, uh, I, I think should help other people. And, and so, so it's now more of a love of, of sharing uh, what I'm doing, but writing a book, I didn't realize how people change their perception once they hear that you're an author, um, I, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm amazed. It has opened doors. Um, I have talked to people I've never talked to before. I've been invited to speak um, at things that I never thought I would be invited to. Um, and, and, you know, these are, you know, all different types of things. I had uh, last week, I was at a school, a high school in Toronto. And uh, one of the people I worked with, um, daughters, had read my book uh, over the Christmas. And, and she reached out to me and said, I'd love you to come. I've started a, a business club. Uh, would you come out? And over there was a little over 150. Uh, it was a girl's school. And um, I was there and I spoke. And the questions I got were incredible, insightful questions. Uh, I had a blast. Yeah, I would think this type of book, Kim, would have the, you know, most, and a lot of well-written books have this, but, like, this could really change, this could put people on a new trajectory. Like, you could inspire, you don't know who you're inspiring with this book. There could be a young woman from that event you just were at who might go on to some amazing things, and the catalyst was reading a story in your book, and that's the power of this kind of book, so... Um, again, congratulations on that. And listen, when the new one's out, whether it's this year or next year, let's let's re, re, let's reconnect because I'd love to have Absolutely. I'd love to see it and, and 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 talk about that book. So, hey Kim, this has been great, and I appreciate it. And I know we just barely touched on it, but I think for for, for anyone that's interested in you know the power of building a brand and what that looks like, make sure you check out Branding Queens. Where's the best place, Kim, that people can learn more about you, get your book, all that good stuff? So you can just Google me. Um, there's not a lot of Roz Divas out there. Uh, uh, you know, Kim, Derek, um, Roz Diva, you'll find me. Branding Queens, um, same thing. I have a, a website, my blog. Uh, it's rozdiva.com. Um, there's lots of information there on the book as well. So uh, I can also be found on LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to connect and uh, follow me on LinkedIn, that would be awesome. Very good. Well, Kim, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I really enjoyed this, Mike. And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please help me grow it by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to the Author Factor Podcast. To learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.